The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, what's up? Welcome into this award-winning emergency Orange Zone podcast emergency because it's a big deal on this Tuesday. Tommy Sladek, Samantha Croston, Rachel Culver on the producer mic, Benny Williams dismissed from the Syracuse men's basketball team. And I'm not I'm not so sure that anyone is ultimately super shocked by this because there were events that led up to this. Right. He was suspended for the exhibition game for the first two regular season games. He sat out against Gonzaga. Now he is dismissed. So there was a timeline to this and events that led up to this decision. And it'll be important for the next day or so before we get a chance to talk to Coach Autry after the Louisville game on Wednesday that we don't know the fine details. So that's something while there, I think, is some writing on the wall with what could have led up to this, we don't know for certain what went into this dismissal. So we're going to bring you moments and things that happened that are somewhat in line with this. But end of the day, there's a a piece of our conversation today that just can't happen until we hopefully get some conversation tomorrow night. So um, ultimately, let's start about Benny's last game in orange uniform, because I, I absolutely would be shocked if this didn't play a part. Not only did we have Red Autry have a fiery press conference, where he was embarrassed. He apologized to the fans in the school for the performance and said it would not cut it moving forward. Monday's press conference, he said, if I've got to play walk-ons to get you to play the way I need you to play, then that's what's going to happen. Benny Williams in that game ended up getting teed up for, I believe, a frustration foul. I don't remember the call exactly, but he threw the basketball out of bounds pretty aggressively. He gets teed up. As he's going to the bench, he bumps shoulders with Adrian Autry. Adrian's biting his lip when that Mm -hmm. happens. He gets to the end of the bench. He spits on the ground, which I I don't know. Maybe that happens all the time. I don't know. That was just a little weird, too. And then at the end of the game, as Rachel pointed out with her private eye and magnifying glass, there were still eight seconds left in the game in that blowout loss to Wake Forest, and he is already bulldozing to the locker room. Coach Griffin tries to stop him. He keeps going. So the, the body language the energy he gave off in that game was bad. I mean, listen, the the shoulder bump was strange, and that was one thing, especially because after they bump, if you actually look at Coach Autry's face, he's almost like smirking a little bit. I think it was more of like a, like a, you know what I mean? Like a, right, like a mad smile. We're not going to speculate, but with eight seconds left in regulation leaving, that sticks out to me more as, Something very, very strange is going on because, as we all know, that is a very standard practice to wait until the end of the game and both teams shake hands and everybody does it no matter what. And to see that the coaches try to grab him and say, hey, listen, we're all going to do this right now, you could tell that that was a blatant, I I am not going to do that, and there was was a point of contention during that moment. Big time. And let's bring it back to, you know, the beginning of the season. There was, you know, this wasn't just out of thin air. We had that suspension beginning of the season for a violation of team rules. We didn't learn more than that. Sits out Gonzaga. And ultimately, the the big picture of the season, right, is he somewhat digress from his final year with Bayheim to his first year with Autry 
to coming off the bench mm -hmm. end of the day as a junior on a team that has no seniors, right? Or has no seniors that are getting playing time. It's, it's a sophomore dominant team. And for someone I think that was more so looked to be a leader as an upperclassman, he seemed to have more moments of immaturity than anyone else. Well, that's the thing is the expectations fell short. I think many expected that he would be in a starting role entering this year. And yeah. because of some of those suspensions and whatnot, that got in the way. And you even brought this up. I think it's interesting to look even deeper and further back into high school. And I want to hear the insight that you found there because it's important for, I think, the fan base and everybody who doesn't already know to know that there were always high expectations for him heading into this program, even Big back time. to high school. Big time. I mean, it was three long years with Benny Williams, let's be honest. And when, he's, when he came in as a freshman, he was really that part of the freshman class. He was he was the name. Um, ends up going to IMG Academy, which is you know, just elite in high school hoops. But he's this six eight six nine small forward athletic out the wazoo the shooting was what was that development can we get there and he had moments over the last two years of really being able to have a smooth stroke but he comes in where he reached as high as number 25 on the 24 7 composite ranking if you look on it right now he's like a 96 but a four star but you know some sites had him as a five star but the 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 storyline was this five star really big recruit in the final years of the Jim Beheim time as head coach. And so there's high expectations for him coming in freshman year. And it just never reached the moment Syracuse fans were expecting. So there were high expectations. And if you look at the numbers, right, and you go through these three seasons, I mean, the first year it was 1.9 points per game, 10 minutes averaging. Last year it was his most, which was 22 minutes averaging a game, averaging 7.2 points and then this year coming off the bench 17 points 5.4 rebounds or 5.5.4 points so it just it never reached it never reached the mark fans expected and honestly i will say that even just being a former athlete like you have mixed feelings when you see a situation like this because first of all of course just wanting to see him you know succeed somewhere else in He's life and at another program he person. is a person i think it's important to remember that that we don't have all the details but it's tough because you know knowing that he did already have some disciplinary action i know that if i was an athlete on my my former team having a strict coach which i did i'd really be wanting to do everything i possibly could to stay on my best behavior because i want to stay with the program so i could see the frustrations but as you mentioned actually he is seeing some support from his former teammates on twitter yeah i mean this is or instagram actually on uh, instagram it's where the cool kids are these so, days i'm so outdated yeah i know we're dinosaurs sam we're <laughs> compared to Rachel. I mean, forget about it. I mean, Rachel's, Rachel's one with the kids. Personally, I'm still caught up on the fact that you said out the wazoo about five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> what's so, wrong with that? I feel like, yeah, what's going on? Uh, no, I just, I, I like it. I think it's great. Is I that just, just new to your... No, I just haven't heard it. Wait, meanwhile, she's, she's texting her dad. What does out the wazoo mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's this millennial no, talking love, about? I love the word wazoo, and I feel like I'm the one of the only people that actually use it commonly. So I'm oh. more so like... Appreciating so, the so, fact. Oh, nice. It came across as a diss. It did. Which totally. I would have taken. I would have been fine with that. But anyway, yeah, just on Instagram in the last hour, you know, Syracuse put out the post about him being dismissed and all that. And it was JJ Starling as well as Quadir Copeland and Judah Mintz, all with Quadir Copeland had the this emoji. I don't know how you want to, I guess that's it. And then the broken heart, JJ Starling, 
this emoji, <laughs> and then Judamans, two broken hearts. So, yeah. It's a sad day. I mean, it's a sad day. I mean, and end of the day, yeah, of it's, like, it's like he's probably their boy. He's probably their friend and their teammate and someone that's been a part of this journey. And so there's some frustration there. Um, and but, beyond that, I mean, at some point, has to be said, he was also, whether he was, you know, starting or not, like, this is a guy who really was a contributor to Syracuse basketball, even just from a height standpoint alone. And for that, I do want to bring in Rachel Culver because I want to see what she thinks about what do they need to do now? How how do you fill that? And what's going to be the problems moving forward? Uh, Yeah, it's a significant it's a significant loss just in the sense that he is 6'9", you know? Yeah. Um, the depth, the size at the power forward position, you're going to have to see guys step up and play that forward position. It's probably going to be, what, Chris Bell, Justin Taylor? I think, think Quadir Copeland ends up coming in more. Yeah. And he's probably forced to go to the four, which is crazy. Yeah. I and mean, actually, Mike granted, Waters Justin Taylor's broke up kind of Peter Carey. Yeah, Peter Carey, too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and i think we almost have seen it already right because benny was coming off the bench and didn't get a lot of minutes against wake forest but we're seeing the issues that can come when the height's not matching um and you did speak with mike i, I think this is a good time to bring in mike and have him talk about a few of the questions he spoke with you about i agree listen i want to just thank him again for his time and i thought that mike today was able to bring some really good insight into not only what the syracuse basketball program now needs to make up for but also his insight insight on what this statement says as far as Adrian Autry is concerned in his first year and as far as just understanding the importance of knowing what you don't know. Here's Mike. I wanted to know in your time covering this program, you know, for our viewers to understand how frequently or infrequently would a situation like this happen? Has a situation like this happen? Yeah, situations like this have happened over the course of of time. You know, Jim Beheim in his career had times when he had to suspend a player. And sometimes it was for an undisclosed amount of time, might end up being a game or two or three. Sometimes it was longer than that. Uh, you know, some other times it was a university-related suspension, uh, maybe not something the coach had actually done. But, you know, I do think it's interesting that this is you know, Adrian Autry's first year. You know, this is a first-year head coach having to establish himself as the leader of the program and making sure that, you know, all the players within the program know that, you know, this is how things are going to be run. Uh, that, you know, he expects things to be done a certain way. And, you know, you you have to, you know, whether you're a parent or a teacher or a coach or whatever position you're in, when you establish a set of rules, if you don't follow up on them, you know, when people don't follow them, then you're not going to be a very effective leader. Do you think, and I'm just curious, like from what you hear or from what people email you, do you think that a lot of people are going to ultimately agree with this decision or did it surprise you knowing Coach Autry or not really? Didn't surprise me. You know, obviously Benny has had some other issues this season. We're all well well aware of them. That was the, the early season suspension that included an exhibition game. And then the first two games of the of the year, he came back from those and you know, just after playing in just two games, then he suspended again for the Gonzaga game out in Hawaii for another undisclosed violation of team rules. And you're kind of like, well, this is not a good thing, right? You know, if you're coming off a suspension, you're supposed to be minding your P's and Q's at this point. And if you're still not totally getting it, then that's a sign, right? That, you know, you're just not able to be responsible enough to, you know, to, to satisfy your head coach's demands 
And, we, and we've heard a couple times this year, Adrian Autry talks about the standard, you know, the orange standard and the standard's going to be the standard. And, you know, then the last Saturday night after the Wake Forest game, he talked about how it was unacceptable. And he was talking just in terms of the entire team. But I think in terms of whether it's the team or an individual player that you still go back to this is this is a first year head coach letting everybody know that, you know, he's got a certain standard he expects them to live up to. And if they don't, there will be ramifications. Yeah, absolutely. And in thinking about the team itself, I actually think you're the person who maybe wrote about this earlier today. But, you know, a lot of people have been thinking about what Benny Williams actually meant to this team on the court and his height and the role he filled. What do you think that the team loses or will have to now figure out a plan for with him being gone? Well, this is a significant loss when you can, when you think about it, because even though Benny wasn't starting and he, he was only playing about 17, 18 minutes a game off the bench, but he provided size and athleticism off the bench at that power forward position. And this is a team that's already kind of thin up front. Uh, Malik Brown started the year as a backup to Naheem McLeod, but now M Malik who's really a power forward at six foot eight is their starting center. Naheem McLeod at seven foot four is out for the year now with a, with a foot injury that required surgery. So you've already gone smaller and you've already lost depth at both center and power forward because really Malik Brown should be a power forward. Since he's having to play full time at center, now you're looking at Justin Taylor at six foot six has started every game at power forward and you know, he's giving away size almost every night out. I mean, last Saturday at Wake Forest, he was guarding six foot 11 Andrew Carr, giving away five inches. Um, and it's not like that's a rarity. That's, that's almost every night out for Justin. But you always had Benny at six foot nine available when the mismatch was really being, you know, a problem. You could bring him in. And between both his size and his out of this world athleticism, he could help you match up against bigger power forwards. Uh, now Syracuse doesn't have that guy. It's not an option anymore. You're going to see a lot of small lineups. And I think you might also see a lot more of Peter Carey at center when you have to, you know, Adrian might actually have to move Malik over to power forward some. He didn't like to do that because it just meant you left Malik on the floor and you could run into foul trouble after a while. But I still think the lineup of Malik at the four and Peter Carey at the five is one that you will see now in the last, whatever it is, eight or nine games left of the regular season. All right. Listen, anything else that you think is important for viewers to know? You're obviously one of the people that's the closest to this team. Um, I was even reading about, you know, Williams coming into high school. This is somebody who the team really had, um, you know, a lot of high hopes for. Anything else that you think is important for our viewers to know about his journey and how it ended? I think it's, 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 uh, let's hope it's not a sad ending. Let's hope it's not the ending. Let's hope he finds something someplace else in another school, uh, and is able to have a positive experience at the college level. Uh, that's what you hope for all these kids. And I think it's important to remember we are talking about in a way kids. I mean, yeah, they're older, you know, they're, but whether they're 18, 19 or 20, uh, they're still young people, uh, you know, you know, developing still. And, you know, it's, it's easy to like, criticize Benny Williams right now, or, you know, we can, you know, people can rip him if they want for being immature or whatever it is, but you know, we don't know what we don't know. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Benny. And I think we need that. That's like a most important thing to remember that we are still talking about a person here 
um, you know, and, you know, teammates that they care about him, the coaches still care about him, his parents still care about him. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see where, where Benny's uh, life takes him from here. But, you know, I, I hope he is able to, like, carve out a positive ending somewhere else. And again, that was Mike Waters, Syracuse.com. So again, want to thank him for his insight as he has spent a lot of time covering this program. Big time. And I do think it's impossible to ignore that, you know, again, this, this story didn't just start all of a sudden in his junior year, right? Like this was, there were those moments where the body language fans were catching on being like, there's something off here. There's something off. And we just saw that at certain points, especially in his sophomore year and this year. And I just remember last year there being, you know, team huddles and he's kind of off to the side, you know, you know, practicing, you know, kind of doing, you know, ghost shooting and, and just little moments that were odd. And you didn't see that often or him yawning on the bench. It just the energy felt off at times. And it's impossible to ignore because I know every fan that was watching those games saw it, too. And I'm sure his teammates saw it too. But right. honestly, the fact that that you know several of them are are reaching out on Instagram on a social media platform to show their support also shows me something about the relationships that they had together. And they always seem to be trying to build them up. I I agree. And and listen, yeah. End of the day, some some of that behavior is inexcusable. And I'm sure as a teammate or as his coach, there are things that had to be said, and that's why this decision had to be made. If you don't follow the rules on a team when there are team rules, then there is going to be consequences. That's the way life works but I do think that it was also important what Mike Waters said I'm not excusing this but it's just it's just context these are people who are still young adults who are not fully formed who are just trying to figure things out and you don't know what you don't know we don't know why he was behaving that way nor do we know at this point what he was suspended for so I just encourage everybody to really wait until we ultimately and hopefully to find out more of those details and even if we don't just hoping for the best for him and to find a new place for him or a new program moving forward Rachel, what's what's your what's been your just reaction to all of this? What are the things that have that you're thinking about in that basketball mind of yours? <laughs> um, like you said, like this isn't something that necessarily comes as a huge surprise. Obviously, it's a big step to be fully dismissed from a program, but um, even back earlier in the season when we saw those suspensions and how kind of there's a lot of mystery surrounding those as we talked about. Um, I did an article where I kind of just sat down and looked at the landscape of basketball and how different coaches are handling these situations and what kinds of different situations that are we're seeing constantly across the sport. Right. And um, in terms of Adrian Autry, Sam even mentioned this when we first recorded back in November when those suspensions were still active. It is a very cut and dry way of Adrian Autry showing not only his team but future recruits fans what his expectations are for this team and if and if for whatever reason Benny was not meeting those expectations I think it's a strong and commendable move from Autry to just be able to make that decision moving forward we're at the crossroads in the season right like this a lot of teams have that moment mm -hmm. that they can look back to. This is Syracuse's right now. No, I have to say, I, I agree with Rachel. I think that when you're a coach in your first year, not only has Autry been helping to try and establish this team's identity, but he's also trying to establish his own identity as a head coach. And I do think it sends a strong message to say, these are the rules. Everyone needs to follow them. And if you don't follow them, there will be consequences. Because you're right. It's not just the players who are on the team now. It's all of the players who 
are going to commit to the program in the future. Everybody sees that that message that he made, and, and you just never know. I'm not saying that this is going to be season-changing, but if he really felt like there was something going on where it was affecting the team culture, then who knows what happens. Maybe there really is some kind of strengthening bond or something that changes with his absence where the team somehow gets stronger. You never know why he made those decisions, but I think him being confident in that decision is a statement to everybody watching. Any final thoughts before our show on Thursday? I don't think so. Yeah, I was wait. I was waiting for Rachel. Just to see. <laughs> I was waiting to see if Rachel had any any final I thoughts. I mean, I always have thoughts, but how much time do we really have? You know. I mean, give it. Give yeah, us. Give us your thoughts. Give okay. us your. Give us. Give us your sixty second ultimate breakdown. Okay, I guess. I love the support that he's getting from other team him from his teammates coming out of this. Um, I just hope that that support is something that they're able to separate going forward in this season. Like we can we can love Benny, we can appreciate what he did for this program, but um, in reality, you also are in not a great space in terms of a tournament bid, ACC tournament standings, those kind of things. You re- you really hope that like this doesn't become a distraction and they can kind of focus in going forward. They don't have much time to react to it, right? No. They, it goes down tomorrow night. They really don't. Honestly, yeah. My, my final thought is just really in looking ahead, you know, his dismissal is going to leave Syracuse with a lack of depth and a lack of size. And I think now if you're Coach Autry or anyone on this team, you have to think about moving forward. All right, what can we do to, to fix this? And I think you just have to have to be able to look ahead as a team collectively. I wish they could grab a free agent before the uh, or before the trade deadline, make some moves. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that maybe that's coming mid-season transfer. We'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. But hey, Samantha Crossan, Rachel Culver, I'm Tommy Sladek. Thank you for um, following us. Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you're liking, commenting, subscribing, and we will be back with Lawrence Moton hopefully on Thursday to do more of a recap from Louisville and also bring you reaction from Autry, who we are hoping really gives us some something to work with here and some details. All right, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>